0: you are listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones. Joining us, he's always a great resource. Because of his guiding and his running his shop, he is on top of the fishing in Colorado. Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good
1: morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing
0: great. You know, I want to start out with something in the metro area right now. We've had this warm spell. We had a, a really cool, damp beginning to summer and even into the middle of summer, and all the reports I'm hearing from lakes like Cherry Creek, Chatfield, and even Pueblo and some of the other lakes up, up around uh, is that the, fi- the style of fishing, the, what's happening on the lakes, isn't more like a fall transition. It's more like a middle of July bite.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with that. We still have massive numbers of bait fish. And with the late start to this heat, we really haven't seen much of a turnaround on water temperatures dropping at all yet. We still are in the high 70s and low 80s, depending upon the lake you're on. But with all the bait fish out there, we still are finding those fish being suspended. And the trolling bite really is the best right now. And and there has not been a whole lot of success on the, the reactionary snap jigging type presentations.
0: Yeah, and, you know, normally we're into that bite. We're getting into it, and it just gets heavier and heavier, and it will come. We will get that. But all this summer, um, you know, we had a bait bite with a fish stuck on structure for the longest time where you could use lindy rigs or jigs tipped with a minnow or jigs with a gulp minnow or, or a, a leech, and that was going well. And people love to fish that way, and a lot of people have trouble transitioning. I remember when I did some television shows at Glendo, in the middle of July and people used to quit fishing Glendo. It would fish so good up till about 4th of July. Then they quit because they couldn't find the fish anymore. Well, Gary Darling and I went up there just to show them. And we were fishing over 60 feet of water, maybe four to 10 feet deep. And we couldn't, we had to take the lines out of the water to talk to the camera. We were so successful. What's happening at Cherry Creek and Chatfield along those lines?
1: Yeah, the same kind of story is definitely happening, particularly at Cherry Creek. Cherry Creek has a a very high level of bait fish right now. Um, They're pretty much everywhere that you go. You can't really escape them on your sonar. And when that happens, as you mentioned, those walleyes peel off of the structure and start going more toward the surface to eat those bait fish. But unlike bass species, they don't really crash on the surface at all. So you can't visually see where they are. And it does require covering quite a bit of water to be able to successfully catch those fish. And in order to do that, we a lot of times are engaging various sizes of crankbaits. Number fours and fives still are the best right now. And I a lot of times have preference toward the Salmo hornets. But a flicker shad or a shad shadrab can also get the job done. But so we're placing those baits up high in the water column behind the planer boards and then working them out away from the boat. If I have multiple people in my boat, I'll, I'll do four and or six planer boards, and you'll vary your depths depending upon the day. And, and it's been kind of challenging because we have not seen a lot of a pattern to where I can go duplicate the same thing day in and day out. Certainly the trolling pattern is, is there but some days I'm, I'm 50 feet back, some days I'm 30 feet, some days 20, and some days they're more suspended in the middle of the water column. But many times I find that a high sun and a little bit lower wind drive those bait fish towards the surface, and ironically those walleyes are right underneath them, so you'll find those fish pretty high in the water column even on the bright days. And a lot of people think that, oh, it's summertime, these walleyes are going to go deep, they're a cold water fish, is kind of the misconception, but in reality it's kind of the exact opposite there very active right
0: now, and they're chasing those bait high. Yeah, you know, all the things, you can throw out everything else if you know where the food is. Now, other things affect them, but food is always going to be number one. Especially this time of the year, they're going to start fattening up, their metabolism is high. You know, another thing about trolling this time of the year, trolling isn't just dragging lures around. You have to have some idea on how your presentation, your depth, your speed, and things like that. You have to learn it, and it takes time. But Right now, you, you don't need lead core. Uh, a line counter reel will help you a lot, but if you have a way to measure your line so you know how much line you're putting out, whether it's right behind the boat or behind your planer board, you know you take a couple planer boards and a couple long rods and if you have a way to measure the line because you're not needing any special weighting to get deep, you can really
1: start learning trolling with some basic equipment. Totally agree. And as you mentioned though, those line counters are something that I find really helps to catch a lot more fish because it allows you to then duplicate and develop a pattern. You're not guessing how far out you're putting it, and you don't necessarily even need a line counter reel. There's a lot of aftermarket devices that you can slip on a rod, even on a spinning rod if you wanted, and run that line through that counter, and then you can disconnect the counter again to be able to retrieve uh, your, your lure back in once a fish eats but being able to find out that exact depth and keep it at the same level every time is critical. Now, you mentioned Cherry Creek. Is Chatfield pretty much the same? Very similar. There's a little bit less bait fish out there. You can get a bit more of a casting bite going on. There's a really high population of fish in that 12 to 13-inch range that you're having to fight through, and I'm finding I'm catching more of those casting jigging wraps and blades. And I'm finding the bigger fish up underneath those bait schools, but it does require more movement to find where the bait is on that given bay. Cherry Creek, it's kind of everywhere, but Chatfield, there's some days they'll be pushed up against the dam. There's some days they're more toward no wake zone. So, spending a bit of time with your side imaging, if you've got it, or just a straight standard sonar to find where those the bait is is a little. Uh, it's going to definitely help you out there.
0: Yeah, and you know the thing too with uh, with Chatfield is that catching those little fish you talked about having to fight through them bodes so well for the health of that fishery. And now with all the water that came into that lake this year, I think we're going to see a real boon and, and the bait finally coming back. We should see a real, we have, we've had great fishing there for the whole last couple of years. I think it's going to bode well for the health of that fishery. One other quick comment I want to make. We have, we talked so much about the walleye a lot of people just want to go catch fish. There's a great smallmouth bass population at
1: Chatfield. How's that doing? Doing very well. And, and the deal with the smallmouth, they, and mentioning the smaller fish, there's definitely a lot of smaller ones in there, but you have opportunities at, at bigger smallmouth. And this time of year, especially with this bait, they are very willing to come up to the surface early and late in the day so if you are on foot or even if you're, you're in the boat, either one, working the dam faces and, and working the rock faces with uh, a popper or a whopper plopper can be incredibly effective. And then once the day progresses and the sun comes up, Slow rolling swim baits or casting a shallow diving crankbait along the rocks. You can also have a ton of success. And then the classic presentations of things like Sankos work well. And that dam face at Chatfield is one of the snaggiest dam faces I've ever fished. And working a, a weightless Sanko, a Gary Yamamoto or, or a uh, Berkeley General that have an ability to sink on their own with no weight will keep you out of the rocks. And if you fish it slowly, those bass will love them.
0: You know, and I, just a side note, I've heard Pueblo is fishing just about exactly the same as Chatfield and they're live, great walleye trolling bait and the bass, both large and smallmouth. Smallmouth are everywhere, the spots are everywhere, and then the largemouth are kind of in the coves down there. So that's another one. Any other warm water lakes you want to talk about before we move on to some other stuff? A
1: lot of the stuff in northeastern Colorado is a bit on rebuild right now. There's been a little bit of action going on out at Bar Lake, but if you're looking for a trip to maybe incorporate some good dove hunting in, John Martin may be one on my radar, do an evening hunt or a morning hunt and then fish the rest of the time. Uh, Same kind of deal, trolling across the middle of that lake with the high levels of bait fish will provide some action with white bass as well as some of the saw guys and maybe an occasional wiper or crappie.
0: I want to make a – let's move on to some other waters now. I want to make a mention of the Platte. The Platte River had some pretty severe flooding where some sediment washed in out of the old burn scars from the Hayman fire. Um, are you hearing anything about that? I think it's just something that's probably
1: best left to rebuild for a while. Yeah, and I mean, I have heard some negative stuff, but then I've also talked to a bunch of guys up there, and they've been saying that it's not quite as bad as what they were initially thinking. It does seem like a lot of the flooding came from the upper portions of Cheeseman Canyon, which didn't quite have as much silt. It was more of kind of a straight sediment deal without as much burn scar up there, at least. Um, but I've been hearing there's been some good hatches coming off, and guys are catching some fish, but cheeseman itself is just challenging to access because a lot of the trail did get washed out
0: all right let's go up in the mountains i mean we've got great weather it's going to be still warm next week this is what a time to get up in the mountains and enjoy this warm weather and yet the water nights are cool up there the water's cooling up there and both the lakes and rivers are starting to fish
1: fantastic what are you hearing
0: up in the mountains
1: The river opportunities right now are exceptional. We don't have high water temperatures. There's some fantastic hatches coming off. So freestone rivers are really what i would be focusing on, whether it be a spinning rod or a fly rod. Uh, The sections of the Arkansas from Salida all the way to Leadville have been incredibly productive. The lower sections do really good with some deeper nymphing rigs as well as spinning rods. But the further you go upstream, the more I'll be working uh, my dry dropper fishing, especially still hoppers and PMD droppers are going to be really productive throughout the entire pocket water areas. And the same kind of thing goes up on the Colorado as well as the Eagle. There's been really good hatches coming off, caddis and PMDs uh, pretty much every single night. Uh, and then the terrestrials are still very strong we haven't had a lot of freezing temperatures or really any yet so the hoppers are everywhere and running a, a big fluffy chubby chernobyl or something like a style cups hopper with a variety of beadhead nymphs in that pocket water is really going to be worthwhile and you're going to have some good aggressive strikes right now so it's really one of the i think going to be one of the best falls we've seen in a while as far as fly fishing on the rivers and then the lakes are also doing good steamboat lake in particular i've had some fantastic reports on lately the tube jigs working on the outside edges on the spinning rods have been one of the best types of presentations and i'm talking a two and a half to a three and a half inch brown tube worked like a crawfish along those edges have really been producing some big fish, but there's good trolling activities up there. And then you also have a lot of aquatic scuds as well as some calabatis still coming off. So there's good opportunities for fly fishermen as well.
0: You know, you talked about a two and a half to three and a half inch tube. Most people shy away from that on trout because they think it's too big and people don't catch as many big trout as they could because they, and I, I get guilty of it myself, downsize baits too much.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I mean, we go out on the ice, and we're throwing these little micro baits, and you're fly fishing and fishing the small stuff, but when you have those lakes that have good populations of crawfish, those trout love eating those craws, and a a two-and-a-half-inch really imitates that perfectly. You can work it slowly and hop it on the bottom. I've also done well working it a bit faster with an erratic rod tip, uh, to really jerk it back and forth. And that really works best if you run a flat jig head from gets it, because it allows it to uh, kind of have almost a side-to-side walking the dog action on the jerks. But it is, in my opinion, one of the best presentations if I need to catch a trout in a lake.
0: All right, let's, Boy, you've got some time. Are you hearing anything on kokanee?
1: Yes. So the kokanee bite has been starting to pick up. Uh, been hearing some reports on Wolford. Guys are going and finding fish, uh, starting to, to really congregate particularly down toward the dam area. So the folks with uh, live imaging sonar have been doing better just because they're able to stay on those schools. But finding those schools and vertical jigging them will be productive for the next couple of weeks. And also up on Green Mountain Reservoir, uh, they've done a pretty good job getting a nice kokanee population back in there, at least for this particular year class. We should have some snagging opportunities coming up. We're definitely early on that still. Season did open yesterday, but a lot of times you won't find them in the river for another couple weeks. Uh, Right now they're doing the same thing they would be at Wolford where they'll begin to get in bigger schools and you can vertical jig them with heavier spoons, half to one ounce, brighter colors as well. The pinks and the oranges really are the best. But if you can find those schools and stay on them, you can have really good days. I mean, you'll be able to fill your limit quickly and have a lot of fish that you can can catch and release. The action is fast paced, so that's a nice opportunity. And then, if you're not finding the salmon on those lakes, there are good lake trout going on at Green Mountain. Uh, they're finding them in the deeper water on structure. And when I explained to uh, to different customers about that, I kind of described them this time of year as uh, deep water walleye. They're going to be on deeper structure points, drop-offs, various bottom composition changes. And if you can utilize your sonar like you would for walleye fishing, you can find those fish on those drop-offs and really do pretty good vertical jigging.
0: My friend, we are out of time. If people want more information, how do they find you? I'm at Discount Fishing Tackle. We're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right. Great report, Austin. Uh, Look forward to talking to you again really soon. Thank you so much, Terry. You bet. Austin Parr, great resource. We're going to take a time out, and we'll be back with more outdoor information on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan.